Father, please, with our little time now, would we, in a sense, do justice to them, please, as we see that Jesus is the light. Please, would you enlighten us, even as we look at these words today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How can we know God? How can we know God? That's a big question, isn't it? It's a vital question. That there is a God who made this whole world and everything in it is what we saw described a couple of weeks ago in the first few verses of John 1. But how can we know who that God is? How can we know what he's like? How can we know what it would be like to be in relationship with him? How can we know how to be in relationship with him? Well, can I suggest that this is not a question to be Googled? I did it. I wouldn't recommend it. Sorry, I'm going to untangle myself here. But it is a question that I think the Christmas message helps answer for us. A couple of weeks ago, uh, when we looked at the first few verses in John 1, we were given this mind-blowing view of the Lord Jesus. We saw that he was eternal and equal with God. He was God, and yet was distinct. He's one person of the Godhead's just referred we saw that actually all things were made through Jesus and then John in, in his this introduction to his account of Jesus life he, he goes on and giving us this kind of snapshot overview of who Jesus is and in the first few verses we saw the predominant theme was Jesus the word And then that imagery transfers over from words to today being the light. So in our verses that we just read, the the light comes four times. That's actually in addition to two times that it came in the first few verses. And just look with me back at verse 5, which kind of transitions these two sets of verses. It says, The light, Jesus, the light shines in darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Have you seen how that is actually put in present tense? So much of what we're thinking about is past tense when Jesus came to earth at Christmas time. But this verse here is is saying actually the light shines. So started as Jesus came into the world and continues to shine in darkness. Darkness, a summary description of the world in which we live. It's a moral darkness. Living in London, it never gets dark, does it? We're in our bedroom, it's like daylight trying to go to sleep with the streetlights around. But I wonder if you've ever been into a cave, you go down in the cave, and if you go on a tour, quite often part of that tour, they'll they'll turn the lights off. That is dark. You can't even see the hand in front of your face. And that's a description of actually what this world is like. It's in darkness, a deep darkness. But imagine you're in that cave, okay? You're in the dark. You can't even see the hand in front of your face. And then a lamp comes on over in the corner, one of those old miner's lamps. What does that light do? Well, that light, it reveals. It means that we can see. It means that we can understand. It means that we can make sense. We can know what is in that cave. And in a sense, that is what's... Jesus, the light, means he came to reveal. 
And so that's why our first point of these verses is Jesus' revelation. Jesus came to reveal, to enlighten. Have a look down at verse 9. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. You see there, Jesus is described as the true light, like the genuine light, the the one and only light. And the purpose for his coming, we see in verse 9, was to enlighten everyone. His purpose was revelation, a revealing and enlightening Why did Jesus come at Christmas? All right, we could answer that question in in all number of ways. The answer in verse 9, why did Jesus come at Christmas? He came to reveal, to give knowledge of God. Jesus came at Christmas to give knowledge of God. And actually, this isn't a new theme. Just think back to the first verses where Jesus was described as the Word That is actually a a communication word, right? If I want to to reveal something to you about myself, how do I communicate with you? Well, the best way of me communicating with you is to speak, to use my words. And so even in the first verses, Jesus being described as word is God's revealing. And now described as the light, these two things come together. The word who came into the world is the light, the true light. He is the genuine and ultimate self-disclosure of God. The the ultimate self-revelation of God. That's why Jesus came into the, the world, to reveal I've lost count of the amount of people who have said to me, you know, if God was really there, well, why doesn't he kind of show himself? If he was to come down now, then I would believe in him. And my answer at every time when I hear that is to say, well, if you'd lived just over 2,000 years ago in Israel, well, then you would have done. You see, Jesus coming to earth was God making himself known, was revealing If you are exploring Christian things at the moment, just thinking about them perhaps for the first time, and you want to know who God is, how can you know him, what he's like? Look at Jesus. Look at the light. He is the one who can enlighten you. He is the one who can show you who God is. Again, if you type into Google, how can I know God? You'll get all kinds of of answers. But Christmas says no. It's when we're looking, if we want to know God, well, look at the person of the Lord Jesus. Look at the light. God come to reveal himself to us. And of course, he came as the word, he came as the light. And here and now today, we know the word through his word, the Bible that most of us have in front of us. That's how we know him today. Jesus is light. These slides might be in the wrong order. Can we get rid of those readings? Sorry, could you come through to the next one? Thanks. Brilliant, thank you. Jesus is the light. But how do we, in a sense, know that he is the light? Well, in one sense, it is, he is self-evident. All that he said and he did reinforce that point. 
if, you, if you're not convinced of that, then I would love to, this Christmas time, give you a very small Christmas present. Um, this is uh, John's Gospel. So this is the, the book that we're looking at at the moment. And if you're, you're not sure about who Jesus is and saying, well, to claim he's God, that's a huge thing. You're not sure about that. I'd love to give you one of these uh, for you to read through this Christmas. There's a small pile on that table um, in the foyer out there. Just grab one as you, as you leave and read it this Christmas time to see that Jesus, see all that he said and did that shows that he is indeed this word, the light. But actually, God, God gives us further affirmation Have a look back now to verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light but came to bear witness about the light. See, God sent John the Baptist. He's not called John the Baptist there, but that's who he's referring to. John the Baptist, who was a remarkable man. He, he was a, rel- a relation of Jesus, and he came proclaiming repentance, calling God's people to turn back from their rejection of God and their ignoring of him, to turn back for forgiveness. And, and he baptized people, uh, an outward expression of repenting, of kind of dying to the old life and, and rising again to the new life. And he was a remarkable man, so remarkable actually. You see in verse 8, we have to be told that he wasn't the light. Right? He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. He was, he was so remarkable in his character and all this preaching and all that he did that we explicitly have to be told that, look, that he wasn't the light. But he was, verse 6, he was sent from God. And he came to bear witness about the light. So just kind of very simple diagram there. But God sent John the Baptist and his job, and we see it repeated, 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 was to bear witness about Jesus. And indeed, we'll look at his test, John the Baptist's testimony next Sunday, on Boxing Day. We'll hear more of that. But, but John the Baptist, as it were, represents the prophets of the Old Testament. So being sent by God, like Moses, like Elijah, like Jeremiah, like Ezekiel, like all those other prophets who were sent by God to speak for him, so was John the Baptist. And he was the last, in a sense, greatest of these prophets. And he was sent, saying, here is the one, the one all those other prophets had predicted was going to come. And John the Baptist says, look, here he is, he has arrived. John confirms that Jesus is the light who reveals. Jesus is the, the word, he is the light. And what incredible things we have seen about him in these first verses, haven't we? That he's eternal, that he's God, that all things were created through him, that he's the light come to reveal. And John goes on, picking up now again in verse 10, verse 10, he was in the world. And the world was made through him. Once again, we're reminded of his creative work. What a moment this will be. The, the, the creator, as it were, comes to creation. But then we get an almighty shock. Look again at verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Yet the world did not know him. Here's our, our second point. First we had Jesus' revelation, but now we see Jesus rejected. Verses 10 to 13 really are a summary of Jesus' life on earth. 
And what an anticlimax. We were, we were built up, built up, built up with who Jesus is, and he comes and he's finally arrived on the world that he created, and the world did not know him. We're meant to feel the surprise of this verse. Jesus comes to humanity that was made through him, and yet the, his people failed to recognize him. The light came so that people would know God, but people didn't know him. And in fact, it gets worse. Verse 11, he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Here, that's the, the own is talking pro- most probably about the Jewish people. In the Old Testament, the, Jew, the Jewish nation were God's chosen people, his own possession. And Jesus came and sent first and foremost to, to the Jews. He came to his own, and yet they didn't receive him. They rejected him. And if you do read this gospel over this Christmas time, actually we'll see even by the end of chapter 1, Jesus is written off as insignificant. In chapter 2, he has an almighty clash with the religious leaders in the temple. By chapter 5, the Jews were persecuting him and they wanted to kill him. It didn't take long. And in fact, by chapter 19, they do. They crucify him. I said earlier that verse 9 to 13 are, are a summary of Jesus' time on earth. But actually it's also a summary of time, the time now, the time that we live in. Because you remember in verse 5 that the light shines in darkness. And sadly we live in a world where almost entirely Jesus is rejected. If we're Christians, I think we're kind of used to that. We're used to the fact that we live in a world where almost everyone around us has rejected Jesus. And so it's kind of, well, yeah, of course that's how it is. But that should shock us. That should shock us. Jesus, the light, came into the world that he created and the world turned their backs on him. It should shock us still that so many reject him. Now, the Jews of of Jesus' day showed that rejection in a very, very clear way. But today, some people do the same. There are still some who very openly and in a hostile manner will reject the Lord Jesus. But I think by far far more common, actually... It's not an outright open hostility. It kind of shows itself in, well, I'm just too busy. Or, you know, kind of just polite indifference. Oh, yeah, if you you want to believe in Jesus, fine for you, but, but I'm not interested. Whatever the reason and however it shows itself, it's still failing to receive the light. It's just as serious. Maybe again this Christmas time you, you, you've heard about Jesus, the, the light for the first time and the, the, you come out in a sense you, you see the light that is just kind of flickering in the corner. Well, what are you going to do about that? Are you going to turn your back and walk away from the light? Are you going to try and cover the light up? Again, can I encourage you this Christmas time to walk towards that light, read this gospel and see who Jesus is, and see therefore who God is too. And it is so important because of what happens to those who do receive. 
So that's our final point. We saw Jesus' revelation, the light of the world, but that light was rejected. But also Jesus received. The surprise of the rejection of the light that we had is actually almost matched with with an equally big surprise in verse 12. Have a look with with me there. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Those who, who don't reject, but receive, God gives the right to become children of God. To, to receive Jesus is, John kind of paraphrase it, is to believe in his name. To believe in his name is to believe that, is to believe and trust in Jesus for yourself. To believe that, yes, when he was crucified, it wasn't simply the Jews having their way with him, but actually it was God's plan all along. That actually through Jesus dying on a cross, his children's sins could be taken upon Jesus instead of uh, us paying for them himself, ourselves. And, that, and by believing that Jesus has already done that work, that is what it means to believe in his name, to believe in him, who he is, and all he has done. And then for the minority then who don't reject but do receive, who do believe, he gives the right to become children of God. You see, the point of Jesus' revelation is relationship. It's not simply so that we would know who God is in a kind of um, objective sense, that God is like this, God is like that. The point of the revelation is relationship. It is that we become sons, children of God. It's the truth of adoption, again, one that we worked out through the rest of the, the New Testament, that actually all those who are trusting in Jesus are, as it were, adopted into this new family, God's family. And you see there that this is open to all. Verse 12, but to all who did receive him, all, anyone, to anyone who receives him, it's open to all. There is no one excluded. And to, to those who do receive him, he gives the, the, the right to become children of God. That word right is kind of, kind of confidence or, or certainty, power. He gave the power to become children of God. You imagine walking up to these gates with Buckingham Palace. You imagine walking up to these gates being absolutely certain that when you arrive, the gates would be opened for you and you'd just stroll right through and into the house. Well, I certainly wouldn't have that confidence. None of us would. You only have that confidence, actually, if you're a member of the family. And in a sense, that's what it's like. That's the word being described here for, for our, our certainty for being in God's family. It's, it's a power. He gave the power to become children of God. Access to him. That's what it's like for those who truly believe. What a wonderful truth that is for us this Christmas time. Adoption into God's family, being children of God, little old me, a child of God. Maybe you're feeling lonely this Christmas time. Actually, it's time when it can be quite painful for some, perhaps not being surrounded by uh, lots of friends and family, or remembering friends and family who are no longer with us. But actually, feeling lonely this Christmas time, remember 
that actually if you are believing in Jesus, you've received him, you have a heavenly father, you're God's child. You're feeling unsettled and unsure at the moment. Who, almost say, who isn't with all that's going on in our world right now? With all the uncertainty that, that brings of what even the next week is going to hold, let alone beyond that. Well, this truth is wonderful, isn't it? Remembering that we have a Father in heaven who cares for us and holds us. Perhaps if you're, you're feeling like you're lacking in purpose, Christmas time, you're kind of thinking about next year and new uh, New Year's resolutions coming up and whatnot, so you're kind of lacking a bit of purpose in life. Well, actually, being a child of God means to, in a sense, come and join the family business. Come, of, come to that ultimate purpose of seeking to help others come to know the light for themselves. What wonderful truth at Christmas is that Jesus the light came into the world. God's revelation that we would be brought into relationship with God. Most rejected. Some received. Why? So some do receive the Lord Jesus. Why is that? Is it because perhaps they're more, they're more clever or they're more spiritually sensitive or they're the right kind of people who are more receptive? Well, no, of course not. Verse 13. So he gave the right to become children of God, verse 12. Verse 13. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God's. You see, adoption into God's family actually comes in this kind of form of a second birth. And this birth has nothing, firstly, to do with blood. It says that we're born not of blood. That is, it's kind of nothing to do with race or family. So it's not that yeah, you're the right kind of nation, you're, the, you're from the right nation, or you're from the right family. No, none, none of that. But being a member of the Jewish race... God's chosen people of the Old Testament didn't mean that. Certainly no other one. So it has nothing to do with race or family. It has, secondly, so it's not to do with um, blood. Lost it, verse 13. Not to do with blood, nor the will of the flesh. That, con- I think, is meant to be contrasting our kind of natural birth, not coming from sexual desire. Nor, finally, by the will of man. This isn't something that humans decide upon. In fact, the imagery of birth is a really helpful one for it. You know, I had absolutely nothing to do with my own birth. None whatsoever. No choice in that. Neither did you. And in the same sense, this second birth comes not from blood, not from the will of the flesh, uh, not from the will of man, but of God. That doesn't take away our responsibility to receive, to believe in his name. But having done so, when we do that, we realise actually that that birth came from God. Those who receive Jesus only do so because of God's sovereign grace bringing about this adoption. And again, how wonderfully freeing this idea of God's sovereign grace is to us. You know, if you're not sure you can do enough, not sure if you're the right kind of person, well, actually, we remember these things. For this, being born into God's family isn't by self, it is from ultimately from God. Jesus, God's revelation, come in the world to make God known. He is the light. Most, so sadly and shockingly, 
reject the Lord Jesus, reject that light, choosing to love darkness rather than the light. But to those who don't reject, but who do receive, he gives the right, the power, the certainty to become children of God. That is the good news of Christmas that I hope you'll be thinking on enjoying through this week in the build-up to next Saturday. Let's pray. Our Father God, thank you that you haven't left us guessing about who you are, that you haven't left us some puzzle to untangle or some path to explore, but you've revealed yourself in the Lord Jesus. Father, pray that uh, for us, that this Christmas time, with all hopefully lovely times with family and fun, yet would they be totally full of the Lord Jesus as we remember him and think on him the light and therefore know you better too. Thank you for this incredible truth of being brought into your family and we praise you for your sovereign grace in that work. Amen.